welcome to the Business Success Club. I want to say welcome, and you are in for a treat in this group. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. And on this podcast, what we really want to establish is this. How do hardworking entrepreneurs build profitable and scalable businesses whilst having the freedom and balance to do the other things they love? like family, vacations, sports, fun, adventures, and charity. So let's tune into today's podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Business Success Show. Today, you're with me and Wade Galt, and we'll introduce Wade in the moment. And as we say at the Business Success Show, there's more to life, more to business than just a daily hustle and grind. We've got to make time for the other things that are important to us, like what? Family, friends, sports, faith, adventures. All these things are important. We only live life once. Let's enjoy it. Let's run a great business and let's enjoy life as well. And today, reason why I seem excited because we are talking to someone who has lived that for over seven years. And when he shares his background, his story, and he tells you how to live a three-day weekend lifestyle, you're going to be blown away. Now, Wade Galt teaches entrepreneurs and professionals just like you to create an, an abundant and a sustainable three-day weekend lifestyle. So you can enjoy your life with your friends, with your family, and just all together because we live a comprehensive life. He's been running a software company for over 20 years. So yes, he is an entrepreneur and living this lifestyle. He's a business growth coach and author on subjects such as business growth, finance, and parenting and spirituality. You know, I talk about spirituality. We must have that balance in life as well. He and his family have lived Oceanside in North America and South America. And I want to hear more about Oceanside living in a little while. And his three-day weekends, Fridays, it's all about the volleyballs on the beach with his friends and spending time at the weekends with his family. So, Wade, welcome to the Business Success Show. Tell us a little bit about your background. What got you to a place where you do teach people three-day weekends? Awesome. Well, first of all, thank you so much for such an amazing introduction. Uh, that is probably the best introduction I've ever received. Part of it is the accent. Uh, growing oh, up right. in America, we do we are fan, you know accents you know really impress us. <laughs> but also, thank you so much. Really, really, it's great to hear that and your enthusiasm for what you're doing. So my journey really started from years ago. I'm, I'm blessed to have a father who's a successful entrepreneur and a mother who has a really good perspective on life and spirituality and psychology. And as I mentioned, my parents are from the islands, from Trinidad and Tobago. And so like a lot of cultures, like a lot of traditionally your Latino or Latin cultures, there is a focus on lifestyle, not just work. Mm. And so that's something that was always part of what I wanted. I grew up in, in Florida in the United States and have enjoyed that. And for me, any sort of business or work or job I was going to have would have to make sure I had time to enjoy life. And so just over the years, there were different ways I worked for it. As, as an employee, I tried to see if my employer would allow me to work less, even if they paid me less. In other words, just pay me the same hourly and you know, work less hours. That was about 20 years ago. And 20 years ago, that wasn't really a thing. People didn't really allow that because, well, wait, if you do it, everybody else has to do it. Mm -hmm. So we can't do that. And so I started my own 
business, which I probably was going to do anyway. And for years, just did what a lot of entrepreneurs do, where we're, we're trying to make the life that we want financially. And it's difficult to tell it. Sometimes you know, we, can, we can be nervous no matter what's going on. We can be in the middle of a busy season and we're worried that we're too busy. Or we can be in a season where there's, you know, we have all this money and no time. And then other times we have all this time and no money. Yeah. So it took me a while. And the goading of uh, not only a coach who I was working with, but also a friend to really stick to the three-day weekend lifestyle and make it something that was permanent. And it, it, gosh, after leaving the workforce, it took me about 22 years total. So seven years as an employee and 15 years as an entrepreneur. But I realized after that had I really been more precise in how I aimed for it, it could have happened a lot sooner. And so that's a lot of what I help people with, whether they're employees or entrepreneurs or side hustlers, just to help them understand there is a quicker path the same way at some point you made, I don't know, 10 an hour, whether it's dollars or pounds or whatever it might be, and then you made 15 and then you made 20 and 30 and you expected that you would get a raise of income that you can expect if you want, especially in today's economy and world, to look for raises of time off or quality time if that's something you want. And you might need to negotiate that. You might need to position yourself a certain way, but it's certainly well within the conversation far more than it's ever been. That's fantastic. Tell us, tell us about life on, on the islands. You know, early your, those early years must have shaped you in terms of the way you look at things and the way you do things. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Well, interestingly, I, I didn't actually live on the islands. I visited many times, okay. and my so my family moved up in the early '70s, and there was a group of Trinidadians families that moved up because there was some um, civil uh, government coup attempts and stuff going on. Right. But I did grow up in the culture, kind of like a lot of people, if they live in you know, little Havana or little China, grow up in very much immersed in the culture. And we, they speak English. So even though they talk like so, people don't understand <laughs> what you're seeing. So you have to, you know, they're still speaking English, but it, there's a little bit of the accent. And I just said, by the way, people don't always understand what they're saying. Mm -hmm. But in that, there was, again, this understanding of community that family is important. You mentioned sports, achievement, not for the sense of I did better than you, but because it's healthy and it's competition and to make fun with each other and, and have fun. And so that was just always assumed. And so my parents had lived the majority of their lives on the island. So my father was a uh, swimmer and he, for, he swam for the country. He played water polo for the national team, uh, different things. My mom was a, a, a dancer. And so all these different things, an active lifestyle, this was always very important to us. And in the culture we grew up in, whenever we had some of my favorite get-togethers were family get-togethers, whether they be our New Year's parties or our Christmas parties, and it was in the, the Trini culture, as we call it. Mm. And a lot of it, again, was focused on just celebrating life, not in some out-of-balance crazy way. You still have to pay your bills. You have to stu still do these other things. Yeah. But really, truly understanding that, at least for us, the outside of work was more important than the achievement inside of work and even inside the work the relationships were more important than the achievement inside of work so it was still primarily about people whether it's having fun with people or even getting work done with people or achieving something to serve people but it was still primarily about people not about achievement not about finance or money because there's this kind of sense that well those things come and go or those are easy and it doesn't really matter and your friend can have a lot of money or a little bit of money, but you can all still have fun. So that was something that shaped me. And then watching my father as an entrepreneur create 
probably more success than he anticipated in a short period of time and watching some of his friends and realizing what so many people have said, which is that money seems to primarily be an amplifier. If you're happy, well, you'll be happy and you'll have some more nice toys, which is great, or you'll have more nice vacations or greater experience or richer experiences, but, and richer financially, not so much richer emotionally or spiritually. But if you're a person who's not very happy, unfortunately, the money's not gonna probably fix that. It's just going to give you more experiences, which you're going to, even though they might be luxurious, you're probably not going to necessarily change your emotional situation or psychologically or where you're at. And so that was something that helped me realize that, yes, I want to earn money. I want to help people. I want to make a lot of money, but that's not the main variable. And so keeping that in check, knowing that that is definitely not the first variable, it's never been the first variable for me. But again, I'm blessed to come from a family that provided in such a way that it was easier for me to see that as opposed to, let's say, perhaps somebody who's grown up without money or, or very, you know, in a financial survival situation. So I'm blessed to have had that to where it'd be easier for me to, to realize and say, okay, it's important, but it's, it's not everything. Yeah. I mean, it's fascinating you say that. And, um, I remember I had parents who worked hard. They worked really, really hard for us to have what we have. And I remember when I started my first business 20, 21, 22 years ago, I worked hard as well. Cause that's what I knew. And so much so I almost got to a place of burnout, working too hard. Uh, I remember I was only married for a few short years and we had one child and we had another, I remember my wife was now pregnant with our second child after a few short years. And I'm, I'm working all these hours, I'm hardly at home. And my business started suffering. I started losing money, I started falling into debt. And it took, it was a wake up call to, for me that, is this it? You know, I graduated university, I've started this business, I'm doing all the right things, I'm working hard. Is this it? And I'm, and my health is deteriorating. So for me, it was a wake up call that, that this is not a way to live life and run a business. So I, I learned the hard way around. And you're so fortunate. You had people in your life that you could model and you did it the right way. Was there, I don't know, was there an incident or was there a circumstance that happened or was it just what you saw from your parents and you followed along, what, what happened? It was a bit of a slow learning process in the sense that I, I got little hints. So again, I mentioned that, you know, I saw some of my father's friends and right. what they did and I was friends with their children. So I saw that being around for your children, spending time with them was far more important than, than the money perhaps. Um, in addition to that, at different times I had tried to do a four day work week, three day weekend type lifestyle. And I would do it for a while and then I'd have to go back to working the five days because really I hadn't made any fundamental shifts. It was basically like I just took off Fridays for you know, <laughs> eight to 10 or 12 weeks in a row. Right. And I did see this. One of the things, uh, at one point, my wife is from Peru, so we would live at times in Florida and at times we'd live in Peru. And one of the things I noticed was that I was, I'm usually a very calm, even tempered person other than perhaps on the, on the, on the sports field where I, I can get a little intense, right. but for the most part, I, I, I don't take life too seriously, perhaps probably in a good way, but I was taking life very seriously. And my wife explained it that when she mentioned that we were pregnant, that she said, wait, you just went into your office and you put your head down and you got really focused, really almost obsessed with this whole male provider. Like, okay, now you've everything's serious. Now you've got to take on everything. I stopped playing my beach volleyball for about five, six years. 
out of the understanding, the mis mistaken understanding that, well, I want to be the best dad I can. So I'm going to be present all the time. I'm going to be completely present. And there's almost nothing that's, maybe not nothing that's worse, but it's not necessarily great in a relationship to be a work from home entrepreneur who's always around your wife and your child, even while you're working mm. 24 seven, not getting exercise, that sort of stuff. So I became rather um, just short fused, uh, ready to argue a lot quicker than before. And the couple of times that I tried going back, I made a half commitment or I would make excuses. Well, you see, I have a software business and my clients need to get to me every day. So I have to be there Monday through Friday, even though sometimes I did have employees that would work the Fridays and I didn't need to. So eventually I was literally within the same week after I'd been back playing beach volleyball for about a month or two, I had told my beach volleyball friend, a gentleman by the name of Larry, he was probably 20 years older than me. And I said, hey, you know, what? I don't know if I'm going to be making it on Fridays. I've been coming out a lot. I'm not sure how my wife's going to you know, like that or not. He said, Wade, you have to be out here every Friday. You have to. He says, because <laughs> there's life. There's life. This, this is more important than not, not your family, but it's more important than you, what you're telling me that you need to do. He said, you've told me about your business. You don't, you don't need to be there. Get out here every Friday. Okay. And I go home and tell my wife. And she's like, Wade, please go play your volleyball. You're a grouch. And she didn't use the word grouch wow. uh, when, when you don't play simultaneously i was doing coaching with a gentleman the first podcast i'd ever been on as a guest a, a gentleman in south africa heard me on it and called me up or skyped me at the time i guess was the main uh, way of connecting and he said i, I want to coach you I said okay of course obviously coaches you want to coach people he's like no I'll, I'll coach you for no charge just whatever you make because of working with me i want 10 percent of it mm -hmm. okay and he at the same time his name's johan awesome guy and he basically said, within a week of my friend Larry telling me you need to work, Johan said, Wade, if you're going to be teaching people to create the life they most desire, and you're telling me the life you most desire is to continue these weekends off, because again, in my off season, I was able to maintain this. He says, well, then you've got to go all the way through your season. You've got to maintain this and figure it out. Otherwise, you're just, you're half doing it. You're not going to be a great coach. You're not going to be able to help people. And you're not going to be able to understand how to figure out what they need to figure out. And... It was just so funny to me. I, I do believe in greater forces, God, universe, whatever there might that might be. And when in the same week I hear something from a gentleman from an, an artist from Chicago and a coach from South Africa in the same week who never met each other, they're saying the same thing. I'm like, <laughs> there might be something to this. Something. And so since then, I still have times. I remember for, when I first started, I was very dogmatic. I, I can never work on a Friday. And then, of course, there's a lot of growth workshops on weekends because that's when people yeah. can do them, or even entrepreneur yeah. workshops. So finally, I was like, okay, well, I'll let myself do this. And, and at times, yeah, sometimes I have to work a Friday because life, business, work, I'm still an entrepreneur, and sometimes things don't go as planned. And, for example, during the pandemic when our kids were in school and the beaches weren't open, I wasn't going to sit here and fold my hands and say, well, I'm just going to sit here and do nothing on a Friday. I, so I, I worked those days. Uh, but I, I played with my hours, still work about 30, 35 hours a week because that's what I like to do. I would like to work. I'm not looking to get to two days a week. I'm not looking to get to two hours a week. Mm -hmm. Everybody can do their own thing, but I, I like doing the work. I just need the disconnect. And once I started doing that based on this challenge, over at the very least 80%, usually about 90% of my weekends, I'm doing a four-day work week with a three-day weekend. And it usually is Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I just get to disconnect. I really get to be fully separate from thinking about my work, I get to recharge all the research that there is about sleep and your, your body having a chance to reset, your, your mind getting to sort of wander and make these connections and whatnot. 
So my definition of a weekend is you get to forget what you do for a living. So usually by Sunday, I, not that I, I'm not, it's not amnesia. I just don't, I'm not spending the weekend thinking about my work. I'm being present, even if it's being present, yes, being lazy, watching a, watching a football match, uh, playing uh, FIFA on the computer with my son and PlayStation, or playing volleyball, whatever it might be, but realizing that, okay, I put in a good four days. And those days might be eight hour days, they might be seven right. hour days, they might be 12 hour days, it depends. At okay. certain times, I still, you know, there's still reality of different times, but I enjoy that because also I know that I'm gonna give myself that break on the weekend and I need that because I am I am a type A-ish personality. Mm. I could easily work seven days through if nobody stops me. So that's not what I want. So I've got to make sure I have some some guidelines and some boundaries for myself. Awesome, uh, that's, that's beautifully explained, beautifully put. Thank you for that, very much for that, Wade. Wade, so tell me, what, what are some of the fundamentals that must be in place if one wants to have a three-day weekend. What are some of the key things that must be in place? So, you know, like most entrepreneurs, they they just, even when they have a Sunday off, they can't turn off. So what are some of the fundamentals that must be in place? I'd go back to why you started your business, and it's a similar concept. A friend of mine who's an entrepreneur recently said something that when I repeated my wife, she's like, yes. She's like, you, you think that way. And this friend of mine said, you know, as entrepreneurs, we'd rather work 80 hours a week mm. for ourselves than 40 hours a week for somebody else. <laughs> and so one of our first commitments as entrepreneurs is freedom. I'm going to make my own you know, calls, call my own shots. Yeah. As long as I can play this game, you know, our, for some of us, our worst fear would be that somebody's going to make us work for somebody else. Now, yeah. of course, sometimes that can be great, but for us, that, that's a big deal. Nightmare. And what I invite people to consider is whether you're an entrepreneur or not, what does that freedom look like? What does that lifestyle look like? And what's so important that you want to take those three days off? So if you're about to go on a great vacation that you're really excited about, whether it's with family or friends, or whatever it might be, you're going to finish your work and get ultra productive right before you go. You're gonna clean things up. You're gonna go on your vacation. It could be three days, it could be 10 days, it could be 15 days, whatever it might be. And you're gonna know that life will go on. You'll get over that idea that we sometimes have that the planet's going to stop if we don't do mm. our work, it'll go on. Yeah, we're not that important. And so put simply, you have to have a good enough reason. So we had a reason freedom as entrepreneurs was our sort of our first reason, I need to do what I want to do, I need to be free, quote, unquote. The second thing is well, I need to then have a reason what is it? Why am I what am I free for? Am I, am I just is it just me running from somebody telling me what to do, which is kind of like an adolescent version of entrepreneurialism or freedom? Or is it, well, actually, there's something I'm moving towards. Mm. And what is that thing? And this is where, for me, the, some of the spirituality side comes in. I believe there's so many wonders in the world. There's so much out there that if I'm spending five, six, seven days a week on my laptop, I'm doing it wrong. I'm lacking creativity. I'm missing out on all these gifts that are in front of me. And so it's not even to say I'm hustling, look at me, I'm so smart. It's like, no, you're lacking creativity. You're doing it wrong. Um, you're, you're kind of daft, you're kind of stupid. You're missing the whole point, as opposed to waiting as a badge like some of us do to say, yes, I work 80 hours a week. Like, you could really? think of something more creative. And, and, and are you slow at your work? Because uh -huh. do you cut a lawn with a pair of scissors or do you use a lawnmower? If there's lawnmowers, mm -hmm. use a lawnmower. So for me, a lot of it is about helping people get clear about, do they have that reason 
the same way, perhaps the distinction between a child that happens to choose to play a sport versus that kid that sees themselves that they want to be mm. a collegiate athlete, a professional athlete, or something where there's a bigger vision. So if there's not the vision, we're gonna of, of something that's exciting. For me, it's beach volleyball. That's one of my main things. That's an anchor from from childhood. I love doing that. If you don't do that or don't have that, you're gonna show up Friday, and as we know, our inbox is always full. We never mm. know for certain what incomes can be net. You know, over you know at least over a three to five year period, we know that things can always change if you've done this long enough. And so, well, if I didn't come up with something to do, I, I should do some work, right? Because that only seems to make sense as opposed to I should rest or relax. But if I rest and I'm just bored, I mean, I don't want to just watch negative TV or, or, or negative news on TV. I want to at least do something productive. And then if you say, well, okay, if I'm going to be learning, there's this sense of, well, I'm just going to do more, you know, business type growth. So for me, a weekend, even the three days, I'll gladly do personal growth. I'll read books on personal growth. Uh, some of the, I'll even write books on personal growth. But for me, the distinction is, and this is not a dogmatic definition, but this is mine. Anything I do on my my weekend days or my off days has no financial motive or incentive to it whatsoever, because that for me, I approach things differently. It turns on a different part of my brain that's attached to outcome. That is, well, how is this going to be perceived? And as opposed to, I'm writing for writing's sake, or I'm writing a book on spirituality that I think might help people. And if five people read it, great. If 500 people read it, great. But if you don't have that reason, if you mm -hmm. don't have a really exciting reason, you're not going to do it. So the first step is to help people say, okay, what would it look like if you had 50 Fridays off? Mm. What would you do with those Fridays? And it doesn't have to be 50 different things, but what would you do with that time? Or what would that three-day weekend look like? Because the more you start doing that, Whatever it is, if you like concerts, you said, well, you know, it's gonna be Rolling Stones one night, and I mean, this probably wouldn't happen, but Rolling Stones one night, and you know, the police next night, yeah. and I don't know, somebody else. You're like, okay, great, yeah, I can do that. Well, yeah, well then you need to get creative enough to come up with creating a great life outside of work. So as I tell people, I hustle for four days inside my job to create a great business and great lives for my clients and for our family, and then outside of work, I hustle for three days to, or not necessarily hustle, but in other words, I focus to create an awesome life for my family, for myself, uh, and, and and hopefully also to give back as well. Nice. I, you know, some several months ago, I interviewed um, Dr. Ivan Meisner uh, of, um, he, he founded BNI, Business Networking International. Great guy, great conversation, amazing conversation. And we talked about balance. And he said, Mac, you know what, when I hear that term, because obviously what are you saying is many years ago, he was traveling all over. He, he, you know, sometimes he wouldn't see his kids. And but when he was at home, he was at home. So he said to, and he was there with his family. He was present. He was aware. He was there. He wasn't doing anything else, which I thought was fascinating. But one key definition he said was, Mac, really, for me, it's not about balance. It's about harmony. He said it's about harmony. So when you say about I hustle for four days um, to, to serve my family, my friends, uh, my clients, myself, and um, for three days, I, I, I really get to a place where I can serve myself better, my family better, my clients better. That's harmony, yin yang. I mean, it's amazing. That's fantastic. One question I have for you, Wade, is this. How does a an, an entrepreneur find talent that will work in that way, knowing that maybe you're not going to be there on a Friday. How do you identify that talent and, and, and delegate to that talent or set up an organization where things are happening 
whether you're there or not. Sure. So there's a couple things that I hold to be, I think are true. Number one is I don't think anybody wants to work for any, anybody wants to work for anybody. Mm. I think people want to work for themselves and their families. And I think people want to work for causes. So my wife is a social worker. She will work for a cause through an organization and be paid for that organization. Cause you know, we, we do need to work together sometimes to make things happen that we can't all as not everybody can be a solopreneur or a solo act, but in essence, she's not looking to say, well, I want to work for, for my boss, or I want to work for a company. I'm working for a reason. And I think when we approach people in a way where we say, look, I'm looking to create a life a certain way as an entrepreneur, I get paid for certain results. And if I get these results, I can earn a certain income. And if I can manage my expenses a certain way, I can work a certain number of days and I happen to arrange them a certain way. Think about the in-between step between an entrepreneur and an employee, that person that's not quite a side hustle, but the person that's starting a freelancing situation where they are kind of an entrepreneur, they're moving towards that. Right. That person doesn't expect, at least today in, in the, you know, this wasn't maybe so 15, 20 years ago, but whether it's a site like Upwork, let's say, uh, where mm -hmm. you can hire freelancers, and these are people who, in a way, they're, you know, and sometimes I've taught them, they're like, well, I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm saying, of course you're an entrepreneur. You're willing to work for results yeah. and you're willing to set your time. I mean, you might have multiple contracts, but you're still in essence working for yourself. That type of person, number one, doesn't expect a certain schedule because you might book five hours, 10 hours a week, 20 hours a week with them. But if an whether the person's an employee or a freelancer, just to say, this is the result I'm looking for. This is what I can afford to pay for this result on an ongoing basis. So it always comes back to a results-based conversation. And if I can do that, then I can pay you. And then my first objective, I, you know, my name's on the door, so I go first. Yeah. I don't work Fridays. Let's talk about what days you'd like to look at or what incentives I could put in place for you where you could either get paid time off or it might even be that from the get-go that we start and you say, oh, well, I like to work for example, let's say take these a stereotypical mother who has, let's say, chosen to defer working because she she has the background. She's been in the yeah. workforce, family, you know, a stereotypical situation that happens quite a bit, at least in the United States. Father is the, the primary breadwinner. Yeah. The mother stays at home with the kids. There's so much that can be awesome about that, except the mothers sometimes get really bored. And then when the kids reach a certain age, they're like, well, I want to go somewhere, but everybody wants me to work full time and I don't want to work full time. What if you were to say to that person, look, let's get you to work the days that your kids are in school and we'll know that you'll sometimes have sick days because kids get sick and let's have you work, let's say a five hour day, because in five hours of your focus time, I could probably get some really awesome results. And in most service based businesses, for example, like my software company where people do expect tech support help, it doesn't have to be that you're there eight hours straight or nine hours straight. You just need to check in or check email at certain times. So a lot of it really comes down to, depending on your business model, what can you do to be flexible for that person? Because kind of like the idea of golden handcuffs, which is this idea of paying somebody so well that they, they can't leave you, mm. you create a situation where you really just get in tune with what's important to that person. And yes, you, you definitely, you hold tight to results and math, the math always dictates because math will always beat you. You'll, you'll never beat math, math is math. Mm -hmm. So if you don't make enough money, but you, you can't keep it going, but you explain to the person, these are the results. This is what it looks like. If you can help me do this and you'll be committed to being there for me the days I'm not in essence to help me, I'll help you. So it's very much an adult, 
there's not a lot of it's an adult agreement and there's not a lot of hierarchy in it it's it's right. a we thing it's a it's right. it's very much in that sort of a, of a of a framework and some people are not mature enough to do that so it still requires it's it's not just all roses like oh if you look out from it means it'll be great not necessarily some people don't have the maturity it's not been modeled for them they can't do that but usually you'll eventually be able to find somebody that does that and the loyalty the true loyalty, that grateful loyalty, not the loyalty of I can't find something better, so I'm stuck with you, mm. but the loyalty of, wow, this is so awesome. You're looking out for me. I'm going to look out for you. That's born of true community. That's what you can get out of that. And then sometimes, as in the case with a team member that worked with me, one of the businesses that she was involved with, my software business, it just, it went from a certain size to about a third of its size, and I just didn't need her help anymore. And it kind of steadied there, and it's been steadied there, and it still provides good income, but it's one of those diminishing returns things where for whatever reason, that particular business at the moment, uh, or for the last five, seven years, I'm not unbelievably passionate about it. I, I will deliver well because I'm an adult and I, and I love my clients that I've worked with for some of them for 20 years on it. But I was like, okay, great. So that doesn't work out. And, and that person who used to work with me now works somewhere else and is doing great stuff. And of course, we support each other. But you can still be very adult in it. And that yeah. works both ways. As the employee, you can come in from the flip side and say, what are the results you need to get? If I could get you six days worth of results, would you let me work four days and would you pay me for that? Mm. For those four days worth of results or five and a half days, or in other words, if I can make, you know, if you can make more as if it's a better situation, would you do it? Right now, a lot of people want the four day work week to be given to them. Mm. And I know there's certain people and there's great Andrew Barnes and Charlotte Lockhart and that group out of New Zealand with Perpetual Garden doing an awesome uh, experiment now if you've read his book you he understands a business yes the math has to work yeah but some people have started running with it and, and almost dragging the idea into oh well they should give it to you because they owe it to you because see they have more money than you and it's like well no but the math's not going to work if i overpay you in the short run and the business can't keep up with it i'll just have to fire you later it's not that i'm a mean guy there it has you know we have to evolve so they're doing things which are awesome of having people have experiments with, okay, what would you need to do productivity wise and engaging the team members to say, again, how could we do this? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of possibility when you focus on results. And most people, if you ask them honestly, will tell you, no, obviously I don't give 40 straight hours of great work. No. Um, I've always told people, look, I don't want my fifth day of the week. Why would I want an employee's fifth day of the week? So I'd actually want the person to be working four days in most situations as well, because I just don't find, unless again, they said, you know, I want to work the five days with my kid's schedule or whatever. Yeah. But there's, again, they've got to have a good reason why they're they're wanting to hustle while they're with you. Because I, I still want, I want that hustle energy when they're working with yeah. me. Not frantic, not frenetic, not 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 obsessed, but yes, focus. Like I'm here to work. Yes, absolutely. I definitely want that. And so I think when you can share that you're, or show that you're willing to share mm -hmm. and you see them truly as a human being and their life is as important as yours, you are not more important than they are. You're as important, as important. And, and they are equally important Then that that's, that's a connection point. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for that. Well put, well put there, Wade. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, um, I do want to ask you this. So for those people sitting there thinking, oh, it's okay for Wade to say that because he's done it 15 years. He's done it, but you, you don't understand my circumstance. You don't understand my situation. How long does it take? If someone makes a conscious, makes their mind conscious to say, yes, I, I, I want to spend more time with my family and friends as well over the weekend. I don't want Sunday night to come and think, oh, God, I've got to get back to it. 
you know, I want, I want to have that. I'd love to have that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, just so I can just download. It's taking me more than one day just to let go. I, I, I let go on Saturday, Sunday, I'm worried about Monday. So how long would it take for someone to create a three day, uh, three weekend, a three day weekend if they choose to? It really depends. So there's a couple basic things that if you want it to be sustainable, that's why I was throwing that word it's sustainable in, that you have to observe. You have to spend less than you make. So that can mean you make a lot and spend a little less than a lot. That can mean you start cutting your expenses financially of things that aren't important. I'm not talking about cutting what's important to you. I'm not talking about eating poor quality food, but just looking at your, your budget and saying, okay, what are the things that maybe aren't as important? The second thing is to make use of the time and the money and the time for relationships and activities you already have. So many people are working at a job and they're, they're coming home and then they're watching what they would call, not what I would call, what they would call mindless TV. Mm. Or they're just, and so you say, okay, but that's your free time. If you're not gonna do, and it's just like money, if you waste the money that's given you, when you have more money, you're probably gonna waste it. If you waste the free time that you have, when you get more free time, in fact, you're not going to even bother to get more freedom time because you're going to say you're somewhere subconsciously, you know, I'm going to waste it anyway. Why should I bother? This isn't even worth it. Right. And so again, there's, there really has to be somewhat of a sense. And this is where the personal life stuff comes in. This is where living a full multidimensional body, heart, mind, spirit, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual type of life comes in. That if you don't have that, if you're just sort of stuck in the stereotypical uh, Western world paradigm of it's all about what's going on in my brain, my mind, and my body. I got to look great and I've got to think great and succeed, but I leave out my emotion, my spirit. You're not going to want to do that, and vice versa. If you're all emotion and spirit, I'm going to help everybody, but I got no mm. money because I haven't, you know, come to terms with the real world. Yeah, that's not good either. So it is still very much an integration where you say, okay, again, whatever money, time, relationships, things you already have in front of you, make the best of those make the most time and, and just what you said about the gen with bni it's the being present if you have a half hour with your child even a week for whatever reason you're maybe parents are divorced or something or you're really working great for that half hour being present with that person it's not to say this is easy but this is also where things like rest habits sleeping habits eating habits all start to come in what do you put in your brain what sort of you know content are you consuming so there's that part where before you even touch your job, you say, what can I do to optimize and live a th in a three-day weekend way, no matter how much time, I've even if I have one weekend day. And then from there, look at it like anything else. It's a math equation. Mm -hmm. I have my expenses of a certain amount. I can earn a certain amount. And again, there are, there are a few jobs where you literally can't shift it, but now in just about every situation, there's another employer down the road or on the internet that you can find that says, no, I get this. In fact, actually, I can't afford a person for you know 100% of the time. I can only afford a person for 50 or 60% of the time or 80% of the time. Yeah. And I just want results. Great, let's talk about results. So you start moving in that direction. And in my case, it took me 22 years. It doesn't even need to take remotely that long. I have a friend who recently, his, the company he's working for as an employee was bought out by somebody else. The new employment came in and he said, they said, oh, well, hey, we see you're one of the top performers. So you've got to be valuable. You've got to be... Um, you know, somebody that's not easily expendable. And they said, well, you know, what's important to you? And he said, well, I'd like to work four days and have these days off and I'll even work longer hours, but I want that. No problem. Okay. Because what most employees don't realize, the cost of employee turnover is a beast. So if you're an employee, just to give you an idea, whatever you're paid per month, 
Mm. Multiply that by at least one and a half or two times. That's what it costs for that business to have you there, just to, to be there because of the cost of the, the overhead, the electricity, the, the desk, the whatever. And now imagine that, you know, person A leaves and now it takes them two or three hires to replace that person. And it takes them two or three months per hire to find out that the hire didn't work out. So that's six months of wasted time. Times, so you realize, wow, this is huge. And this is not to say you can, you know, hold a gun to their head and make them do something they don't want to do. But if you understand that, and if again, if you are a solid performer, a month or two, like ten percent of your income for a raise, that's nothing. That that, that can be done in in a, in a negotiation. But if you're only ever talking about money, that's all you're going to get. If at some point you say, hey, you know what? especially with smaller businesses, which sometimes can't always afford the additional money, but can afford the flexibility. If you say, look, what's your concern? Oh, well, we're a software business. I'm concerned that if you're not on Fridays, this will be, okay, well, this other person and I, we're going to make sure, and we're going to alternate the times off. And what we're going to do, because this is an adult conversation, we're going to understand that you're going to pay us an hourly income. And so if I decrease my hours, let's say I do go from, just, just keep the mouth, the math round from 40 hours to 32 hours. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna make less money total, but same money per hour. But I'm gonna ask you as the employer, will you show me a way of performance-based incentives that I could earn mm. back that day or more in income? Mm. And now my friend and I, she's taking off or he's taking off Friday, I'm taking off Monday, we're alternating, whatever. We're just making sure that you as the employer gain the thing you want most, which is what? Autopilot, low maintenance, please don't bother me once we've got this set up, yeah. great. Okay, and now you actually have the employer in some golden handcuffs, because or, or maybe feathery handcuffs. I'm not sure, but they're like, I don't want, I don't want this to change. This is this is good. Yeah. But so you have to basically behave like an entrepreneur, behave entrepreneurial, or simply put, results oriented. And once you can do that, then how fast it happens just becomes a question of how quickly you can make your income be enough, and whether it's taper your expenses and look for experiences that are more about, let's say, quality time. And then there is a point where you say, okay, I've got enough quality time yeah. and I, I want some more money. There, there's a trade-off because to go to an extreme, you could say, well, wait, I could be unemployed and I have lots of quality time, but no money. So there's, you know, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, you find your spot within there. But again, a lot of it's just starting the negotiations to start saying, okay, there's other variables on my plate other than simply uh, more money. And if I even want to make it as a last thought, really safe for you as the employer, I could even say, Mac, what's the result that I could get this month that if I get it this month, next month, just for next month, you'll give me Fridays off and still pay me the same. And so every month, you know, I'm motivated to get that result. And in fact, next month, if I got it this month and next month, I only have like 16 days, let's say four days, four weeks to get the result. Maybe I don't get it the next month because I needed those 20 days, but then eventually I'll learn, I'll, I'll like, there's a reason for me to want to get more productive. And you're saying, I don't mind as long as I have coverage. You know, I can make that happen. And, and that very specific intervention is say, look, on a conditional basis, short-term wins, like, okay, this month, next month, or this quarter, next quarter. I like the month because it's a, a decent amount of time. I don't like the week because you can cram one week and then do nothing the next week. But if you do 30, you know, 30 days of good results yeah. and you say, great, okay, so next, and you can even experiment and say, look, as we start this, it's not even going to be four days next month because you're used to nothing. I'll say, okay, right. next month, you'll get two Fridays off. Okay. And you just say, look, we want to do this in a way that it's sustainable. So it works for everybody. I don't want to stress you out because ironically, some people, when you give them a four day work week opportunity, they start stressing out like, oh God, now I've got to do, you know, five days worth of work in four days. 
and they and just the thought of that freaks them out right. and then they get paralyzed and then some quit now you can so you don't want that either yeah uh, but there's a lot of different ways you can do it and the simplest way is just to open a conversation with i want you to have a quality life too what might that look like for you so before you even try to fix it all and come up with all these ideas even the ones i'm giving you just ask them you know if, if you could make your job different what, what would that look like what would you what do you wish you had and and you know and then what would you be willing to do would you be willing to focus more would you be willing to get that license you hadn't gotten yet would you be willing to learn that new skill and then see where that goes this is great the way you do you do it and we think around and around the same way because I, I love what you're saying and i remember we have we have some staff who do that and um i think uh, that a year ago one of our staff said he said look I'm making good money. Company's doing well. Can I take one day off every week? Um, if you need to adjust my salary, fine. And I said, what is it you want to focus on? He said, I just want to focus on investments like you did, Mac. I want to focus on real estate investments and other investments like you did and how you made your money. So I said, oh, wow. Okay, good. So, he, so he's been very productive. The days he's here. And then when he's off, he's focused heavily on his investments. So you, like you said, utilize the time that you're going to be off for the things that you want to do. So he spends time with his wife, spends time. It's fantastic. I love that. I, I love, I love all your, what you're saying there. Now, Wade, if someone wants to get uh, to learn more from you or want to connect with you, what is the easiest way to do that? What's the best way for them to connect to you? Sure. There's two ways. If they want to learn more about just the different books and the generic, um, more generic topics that I'm involved in, just go to wadegalt.com. And that has links to my books and that sort of stuff. And then if they want to learn more about creating a three-day weekend lifestyle, whether they're an employee, entrepreneur, freelancer, or whatever in between, you can go to 3dayweekendclub.com. And there's a free community. Uh, part of it's free to help you with some of the basics and the fundamentals. And then there's some other premium areas that people can go into if they want to learn you know, just how to start making this happen. Wow. So you heard it from the man Wade himself. You're looking at improving your life, your lifestyle for you, your family, your friends, for your health, for your well-being, to live a fuller life, wadegult.com or 3dayweekendclub.com. Check him out. He knows what he's talking about. He's an entrepreneur. He's living it. He just doesn't talk it. He lives it. So until we speak again, Wade, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for being inspiring, for sharing so much information for those who want to live a slightly different lifestyle and live more comprehensively. Like you said, mind, body, spirit, the whole thing, emotion, the whole thing. So thank you for, for, for just pouring out and giving us some nuggets that we can use. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Until we speak again to everyone here, much love. God bless you all and I will speak to you all very soon. Wade, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Mac. Truly enjoyed it. You're most, you're most, most welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.